tonight? Praise the Lord. We might be few in number, but did you come expecting to receive from the Word of God? Are you excited about the honor and the privilege together, together in His name? Amen. Well, I know that we have entered into the holiday season, and during this time of year, maybe you have some favorite movies that you like to watch, some favorite Christmas movies. Anybody have any of those? You might be the real classic type of person that likes watching um, It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody like that show? Or perhaps, you know, you like the one, what are some other ones? Miracle on 34th Street. Or now I have a new favorite. How many of you like the movie Elf? (laughs) Buddy the Elf. This is a quiz here. Buddy the Elf, he let it be known that there were three favorite food groups that elves eat. I put this on Facebook today. Does anybody know what the three favorite food groups are for an elf? Anybody watch that show as much as I have? (laughs) Candy corn, candy cane, and syrup. (laughs) so anyhow maybe some of you if you haven't seen that show it's cute it's clean you might want to watch buddy the elf hopefully no one in here is a grinch or a scrooge around christmas time it's a good time to celebrate it's a good time to have good wonderful fellowship with your family and with your friends but let me i'll just probably date myself by saying this but tonight we want to talk about God has some really big shows. Many of you remember Ed Sullivan used to say that. Again, I'm dating myself. Kathy, I get a witness over there. You're way older than me. But anyhow, a really big show. So if I had a title for tonight's message, I would title it this, God's Favorite Shows. God's Favorite Shows. Now, I'm not implying that God is sitting on the throne with a remote flipping through the channels. If he was, I mean, he would probably blow up all the televisions because there's not much good on there. But he's not sitting there flipping through shows. But I am saying tonight that there are some things that God likes to show. And tonight we're going to talk about, I don't think we'll get into all three of them, but we're going to begin talking about God's favorite shows. The first one we'll talk about is God loves to show up. God loves to show up. The second one is God loves showdowns. He's not afraid of conflict. He's whipped the devil and he'll continue to show forth his defeat. And then God loves to show forth. Amen. So, of course, I looked up the word show. And this is just some simple definitions of the word show. To allow or cause to be seen. A display or a demonstration. Just think about this. All through the ages, God has displayed and he has demonstrated himself to mankind and he has caused himself to be seen. Think about at creation. Did God put on a show when he created this beautiful world that we get to live in and we get to enjoy? Think about how he put on a show down through the ages. What about when he parted the Red Sea? Do you think that the children of Israel and those Egyptians before they were drowned in the Red Sea, I'm sure they were looking up 
and saying, God is God. God is great. God is big. God is magnificent. He put on a show that day. What about in the case of Daniel in the lion's den? That was God showing up in a difficult situation. He showed up and he showed out and he shut the mouth of the lions. Our God loves to show up. Our God loves to show himself strong in your behalf. Has anybody ever had God show up? In your life, show up perhaps in your midnight hour. Hallelujah. When you didn't know which way to go, you didn't know what to do, but God showed up and he showed himself strong. God is a God that likes to show. He likes to demonstrate his goodness, his love and his mercy to us. Think about this one. This would really fall under the category of a showdown. But remember, Elisha and the prophets of Baal, how there was all of these prophets of Baal, and they were challenging Elisha. And he, at that time, was the only man that would stand up and say, my God is God. So he gave them time all day long. He said, you guys call on your, on your prophet, on your, on your God, the prophet of Baal, the God of Baal. You call on him and see if he shows up. Well, we know that he didn't show up. And Elijah was so confident that God, everybody say, my God, God. wasn't just the God of Elisha. It was our God. He is our God. He was so confident that he was going to show up and show out that when he started poking them, he started saying, oh, your God must be asleep. Perhaps he's on a journey. He might be in the bathroom. You need to call louder. I mean, he was confident that in this time when he needed God. God to show up, God was going to show up. Do you have your confidence, your trust, your hope? Do you believe that God will never leave you nor forsake you? Are you fully persuaded that he's able and he's going to bring to pass everything that he has promised you? Are you confident that if he said it in his word, you can rely on it? Elisha didn't have the Bible like we know it today, but he knew God. When you know your God, you can do exploits in his name. And that's what happened that day. We know that he, he, you know, he jived them and all of that stuff. And then when it came his turn, he had this altar and he said, I'm going to just prove to you how mighty my God is. He dug a trench. He had them fill it with water and he called on the name of the Lord and he showed up by fire. Not only did that altar of that sacrifice get lit, but all that water was licked up. I'd say God showed up that day. Is there anything too difficult for our God? Nothing is too difficult 
for him. If you think sometimes that you are in a battle that you can't win, you ought to go and just look at some of the stories in the Old Testament when the children of Israel, they were up against unbelievable odds. It didn't look like there was any way that they could win and come out on top. Think about the times that God caused the enemy to be defeated, caused them to turn on themselves. Hallelujah. Think about the time when the children of Israel were in battle and the sun was going down and God caused the sun to stand still so that they could finish the enemy off and win that battle. Nothing's too difficult for our God. Whatever you're going through, let God show up and show out in your life. Then I love this one. We're right, right here. At the Christmas season, let's think about and let's look at how God showed up in the birth of Jesus in sending us our Redeemer, that miraculous conception. It's not just a Christmas story. It's the story of our redemption. Do you know that you are redeemed? The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You ought to walk around saying, thank God my Redeemer lives. Thank God he has redeemed me from the hand of the enemy. Look at this verse over in Galatians chapter 4. We'll be looking at most of these in the King James or the Amplified. But Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to do what? To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Jesus' birth was the fulfillment of prophecy. God's promise to redeem mankind. There were many that had been watching and waiting for the Messiah to show up on this scene. They knew the prophecies of old and they were holding fast that there was a redeemer that was coming on the scene. In the book of Luke, in chapter 2, we can see accounts of a couple of people that were crying out for the Messiah to appear. Anybody ever heard of a man named Simeon and a woman named Anna? I love the fact that God had a man and he had a woman that were pleading for the redemption of Israel. Let's look at, at this over in Acts chapter 2. Actually, we'll go ahead. I, I know I didn't tell the guys in the booth all of this, but let's look at verse 25. Luke 2, and if you can, let's start at verse 25 because I want us just to see the relevance of these, what these people were praying about. In Luke 2, 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, waiting for the redemption. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. 
And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And it came by the, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, of course this was after he was already born, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. This was an old guy and he had it in his heart that he was going to see Jesus Christ born into this earth. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know when exactly it was going to happen. But the Holy Ghost came upon him and gave him that witness. Go to the temple today because you will see with your natural eyes what you've been seeing in your spirit probably all of his life. And at the same time, there was a woman that the Spirit of God was dealing with in like fashion. Let's look on down here at verse 36 and look at how God spoke to Anna. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. Let me see here. I, I got this typed out here. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God. If you weren't here this morning, you need to get that CD. If you weren't here last week, get that one as well. Pastor's been doing an awesome message that we are called to serve, amen, and to serve the Lord with what? Joy and gladness. This woman had been in the temple serving God. You know, one way that she, you can serve the Lord, she served him with prayer and with fasting. She served the Lord by giving of her, of, of her supply. And her supply happened to be a supply of prayer. Some people might say, well, I don't have as much money as I would like to sow to the church or, or I can't get on the platform and sing. I don't have a beautiful vo- voice. If you have a voice, if you have a heart to pray, that's one of the greatest services that you can give God and you can give a local church. Amen. Just a little side thought there that Anna was a woman that served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant, right? When they happened to have Jesus there, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord. And she spake to him, to, of him, to all that looked for the redemption of Jerusalem. These two people knew and they identified when the Redeemer showed up. God showed up through the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there were, there were thousands of people around. And we don't know how many acknowledged and recognized when he showed up. But these two people, because they had been believing, they had been praying, they were in tune with what God was doing in the earth. And when he showed up and the manifestation of their answer to their prayer was on the scene, they saw it. They saw it. You know, God is continually showing up in the earth. 
God is continually showing up and manifesting himself. And sometimes people miss it. There had to be at least hundreds of other people that were in the temple on that same day. It was a busy place. People were there continually offering sacrifices and praying. And the Bible does not tell us that anyone else knew that the Redeemer, that the Messiah, that the Anointed One had shown up in their midst. Let's be spiritually in tune. Let's not miss the day of our visitation. There are times of visitation that are coming up on the earth like we have never seen before. Even though there is darkness on every side, the Spirit of God, the light of the world is going to be manifesting Himself. Be a mesobreta. Be king spiritually. Stir yourself up on the inside that you may not miss what the Lord is doing in this day and in this hour. There's lots of people that are saying God's not doing anything. You could be in the same service and somebody is just woo, getting blessed and God's just filling them up with his presence, with his healing power, with his joy. And a person, a couple of chairs over, maybe even right next to him are like, what's wrong with you? I don't feel anything. Control yourself. Calm down. You know, you know, we're in church. Woo! Yeah, we are in church. And God is manifesting himself. And God is showing up. Hallelujah. Woo! And I'm like the prophet of old that said it was like fire. Shut up in my bones. And I just couldn't keep it to myself. Hallelujah. When God shows up on the scene and he does something good in your life you just can't help but bless and magnify and praise the Lord hallelujah and on this so even right here with these two people I want to have I want you to derive some encouragement from the fact that Simeon and Anna for years They were both elderly, but for years they'd been praying. For years they'd been believing. They had it on the inside of them that they were not going to die. They were not going to leave this earth until they had seen the Redeemer of Israel. It was a difficult time for the nation of Israel. You think things are bad in our nation. Things were horrible at the time of the birth of Christ. But they believed that God was true to his word. And God God had promised them that a Messiah, a Savior of the world, was coming to set His people free. Do you have some things on the inside of you? Have you been believing God for your relatives to be born again? Are you believing God for healing in your body? Are you believing God for financial breakthroughs? Some people say, well, you know, is it ever going to happen? I've been believing God for two weeks. Well, you're really hanging in there, right? Some people.
people say, well, I've been believing and confessing for six months. Folks, in the realm of the spirit, there is no time. It's irrelevant. But I want to tell you, according to the word of God, if you've got something on the inside, hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. For our God is faithful who has promised. I love how Simeon said, now I can depart in peace for mine eyes have seen the consolation of Israel. I have seen with my natural eyes what I have seen in my spirit. Folks, don't give up. God's going to show up. Don't give up. He's going to show forth in your life. He is faithful. It shall all come to pass. Those relatives that are acting like demon child, they shall be saved in the name of Jesus. That body that might be racked with pain is healed in Jesus' name. Those broken relationships are restored because our God is the God of restoration. He is the one that will take things that are broken and restore them and make them better than before. Hallelujah. Our God is the God of the breakthroughs financially. I know many people are standing, but I also know if you are a faithful tither and you are a giver and you have been sowing seed into the work of God, you got standing ground. Stand on the promises of God. Stand on the word of God that says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed out begging for bread. Stand on the word of God that says, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Declare that God is showing up In my finances. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord over every area of my life. He's Lord over my body. He's Lord over my spirit. He's Lord over my soul. He's Lord over my finances. Give him the place due to him. When Jesus was born. When Jesus entered This earth, when he became the word, he was the word. The Bible says that he was the word that became flesh. And he dwelt among us. There were some people that recognized him. Wise men were glad. Shepherds knew that the Savior was born. And even angels sang praise to God because they knew what this meant. Let's look. We're there in Luke chapter 2. But let's look at the account of the shepherds. We'll look at verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to most people, be to some people. No, this is significant that he said, I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Notice that the angels, they didn't appear to a king in the palace. They didn't appear to the religious leaders of that day. The angels came and they brought this good news to shepherds. And then they said, "Great tid- good tidings of great joy to all people. They wanted them to know this included them because they were really low on the social ladder of that day. But they wanted them to know this is for you. And then they went on to say even more specifically, for unto who? Unto you. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Unto you. And this shall be a sign to who? Unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Thank God this gospel, this wonderful gospel, this good news, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, what does it say? whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This good news that God showed up to bring is for all people. Whosoever will can be saved. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I never get tired of reading this beautiful passage. We sometimes only read it at Christmas. But folks, this is the salvation message. It is unto you whosoever will is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord, this Savior came to set people free from the bondage of sin. This Savior came to break the yoke that the devil had wrapped around people. This Savior, the Most High God, showed up on the scene to redeem mankind. Have you partaken of that glorious redemption? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. And what is his name? They told him what his name was. Christ the Lord. Is he your Lord? Let me see your hand if he's your Lord. Christ 
the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now this is awesome. Such great profound news. An angel showed up and told them this. But listen to this part. And suddenly there was with the angel, it was just one angel that came and gave them the message, a multitude of heavenly hosts. What were they doing? Praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace and good will toward men. What were they singing? Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace and good will toward men. When Jesus was born, it was so profound that it caused the angels to rejoice. It caused the angels to sing. Even the hairy angels sang. You know, when I grew up, was growing up in church, and they always said, Hark the herald angels sing. For years, I thought they were singing, Hark the hairy angels sing. I thought, well, whatever, you know, there might be some bald angels. There must be some hairy ones too. Whatever kind of angel, they all sang that day. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. What were they singing? They were singing glory to God. They were singing peace has come. They were literally saying the prince of peace. Is born. Isn't that one of his names? He's the prince of peace. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God for the peace of God that passeth all understanding. This was a troubled time when Jesus showed up in the city of David called Bethlehem. It was a troubled time. It was a time when the Jewish people were under great oppression and suppression. But yet the angel said, peace, peace he brings. He's the prince of peace. Do you remember when you first got born again? Perhaps you came into the family of God with a lot of soul torment. Perhaps you came with your mind all whacked out on drugs or alcohol. And do you remember that day when that sense of peace overwhelmed you? He's still the Prince of Peace. If it seems like your life is full of turmoil and trouble, I want to encourage you. Take some time to sit at his feet. Take some time to get in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. And in his presence is peace that passeth all understanding. Let's make sure this holiday season that we stay full of the peace of God. You know what else Jesus' birth was? God, through the birth of Jesus, showed up His goodness. His goodness. 
His entrance was a show of God's goodness, God's mercy, God's love, God's compassion. The Bible tells us that God is not anything so much as He is love. He delights in mercy. Let's look at Micah chapter 7, verse 18. Perhaps they will get it up on the screen and you can see it there. It's one of those little prophets, but it's powerful. It's a little prophet stuck in there, kind of hard to find. Micah 7, verse 18. Who is a God like you? Pardon, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever because he does what? Because he does what? Ought to get a really hearty, thank God, out of that one. Aren't you glad that he delights in mercy? Oh, man, if we were operating under the law, if we were operating under judgment, I dare say that there'd be a lot of us that would be crispy critters by now. The fire of God showed up on the scene and all that junk in our lives, we would be burning. But he doesn't delight in that. He delights in mercy. Our God is so merciful. And I know some people say, oh, don't magnify mercy and all of that because that will, in grace, that just will give people a license to sin. Well, people are going to sin without a license anyway. And if their heart is to do wrong, they're going to do wrong. But I, for one, I love God and I want to please Him and I want to do right. And I don't intentionally, most of the time, don't intentionally miss it. But I do miss it. And when I miss it, I'm so thankful for mercy. Hallelujah. He delights in showing mercy. Oh, thank God. On Wednesday, you know, we have ladies prayer at 11 o'clock. Actually, if, if you are not, if you're a gentleman and you're not working, you can come as well. <laughs> we got a couple that do. But anyway, God was speaking to us. And one of the things I I didn't, you know, have it's coming right out of my heart, so I didn't have it all written down. But one of the things that I remember was this. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming to the earth. Judgment is coming to our nation. Judgment is going to come to the church because judgment does begin at the house of God. But this is what the Spirit of God said. And this is where we want to center in. But mercy always precedes judgment. That's what was so strong in our heart. Mercy always precedes judgment. And after I went home, I began to think about Noah. Remember Noah and the flood? Everybody know that story? That was severe judgment. And some people think, well, you know, God judged the earth and the flood came. He told Noah one day and 40 days later, the flood came. That's not how it was. God dealt with mankind for hundreds. Everybody say hundreds. Hundreds of years 
before the flood ever showed up on the scene. Sometimes I get blessed reading the begats. Not very often, but I get blessed when I read this begat. Anybody ever heard of Enoch? Enoch was Noah's great-grandfather. And Enoch was a man of God. He walked so close with God that the Bible says he was not. He was caught up in the presence of God. And Enoch, if you'll look at it over in, in the book of Genesis, if you'll look at Enoch, Enoch, whatever. Enoch, you know what? Maybe it was Enoch where I lived. Who knows? Probably was. Enoch, you're running my message. Enoch was, now I lost my train of thought. Enoch walked with God. And during his lifetime, God told him, if you'll read the Bible there, that judgment was coming. He began to warn the people. But he didn't see judgment in his lifetime. Then Enoch, guess who? He was the great-grandfather of Noah, but he was also the father of Methuselah. Anybody ever heard of Methuselah? Methuselah was the oldest man recorded in the Bible. He lived 969 years. So here his father, God had told his father, judgment is coming. But then he caused his son to live 969 years so that his mercy could be revealed and he could deal with people to turn and to repent. Think about it. After God told Enoch that judgment was coming, he caused his son Methuselah to live 969 years. And then the flood judgment did not happen until his great-grandson Noah was 600 years old. Noah didn't start building the ark until he was in his 500s. So here, Noah starts building the ark when he's like 500 and some years old. And the whole time, all those many years that it took him to build the ark, that ark was a symbol that judgment is coming. You have time to repent. Do you know that ark was huge? Do you know if people would have repented and people would have gotten into the ark, they would have been saved. That's God's mercy. Don't you ever think for a moment that God's not showing our nation mercy. Mercy is hovering over our nation. Mercy is hovering over your loved ones. If they're out doing wrongdoing, don't start saying, well, God, just get them, just, you know, wipe them out and all of that. Say, God, let your mercy hover over them until they have a heart to repent. I'm believing for the dealings of God that they shall repent. But in the meantime, I'm calling out for your mercy that brings protection for your mercy mercy that causes their heart to be tender. Amen. I know 
that we are living at a critical time. This earth and people are about to be judged. But one of the things that the Spirit of God, another thing that He spoke to our hearts during that time of prayer, came right, right out, I believe, of my spirit. He said, 2012 is not going to be a year of judgment, but it shall be a year of God showing forth His goodness and His mercy. So that, listen, just exactly how I said that, so that many will see, know, and acknowledge me. So that many will see, know, and acknowledge me. Folks, it's a crucial time. God is showing forth His goodness and His mercy. I don't know what all is involved in God showing up in mercy and in goodness. But I do know one of the things that are such a display of his tender mercy is healing power. And I'm believing that with all of my heart that in 2012, we are going to see an increase of the manifestation of the gifts of the spirit. People that are bound by incurable diseases, people that their bodies are even wrapped with AIDS and all of these awful diseases that the mercy of God shall be extended and the Lord shall show up in the land of the living and people will see displays of our good God. Our God is a good God. Our God is a merciful God. He does not want to judge people. He wants people to respond to his love. He wants people to when he shows up He wants them to acknowledge and recognize that it is Him. Oh, hallelujah. I knew we weren't going to get very far tonight. This is what we're going to do right now. Because there's an unction. Everybody stand up. Oh, your mercy. Your mercy. Your mercy. I'm actually, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. We got time. Make your way down here. There's just something about coming together. We're going to come together and we're going to spend some time. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Oh, my sombra. God is showing up. Oh, hallelujah. And we're going to cry out for his mercy. Oh, my, my, my. The Bay Area needs the mercy of God. San Francisco needs the mercy of God. Oh, I know, I know in the natural that wickedness abounds. But Now, I want you to listen to this before we really get into prayer here. Remember the account of Abraham and Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, my, my, my. He was pleading his case. And he stopped too short. Because God was saying, as long as you ask me, I'll show mercy. God didn't want to destroy those people, but he needed a righteous person to stand in the gap. So tonight, we're taking our place. How many of you will be gap standers? 
How many of you will stand in the gap, perhaps for some of your loved ones that don't know the Lord or are backslidden, but we're going to masabrata. We are standing in the gap for the Bay Area. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take our place and we take our position in prayer. We are so thankful for your mercy that has shown up in our lives. Hallelujah. We're so grateful, Lord, for your mercy that has redeemed us.